Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. And I get it. I, man, I love Moses. Moses is so relatable. I have many Moses-type days where I'm just like, Lord, it's too big. It's too big. You can't, I don't think you could do this, God. He's like, I'm sorry, but have I, have I diminished somehow? No, you're still the same. Yesterday, today, and, and forever. Okay, chill out. But I can't. Well, you need to learn how to. He's got it. Same God. And he's like, Moses, I got it. Don't worry about it. In today's message, Pastor James says that he sometimes feels like Moses. Moses had doubts that God could do what he was promising. Pastor James reminds us that God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. No matter how much you doubt God, he never changes. Moses saw the faithfulness of God throughout his life, and you can too if you choose to trust him. His promise is that he'll never leave or forsake you. How awesome is it that the God of the universe cares for you and I? Now here's Pastor James in the book of Numbers chapter 11 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. If you're complaining about God, which is what they were, you are, in essence, rejecting God. So complaining is a serious thing. And I think it's way more serious than what we realize. He says, who is here among you? That's the other part of that. Um, and that, that's something that's key. For these guys, they had, they had the presence of the Lord, a pillar of fire or a pillar of, of smoke, like a cloud. Like they had the presence of God. He was there with them. Good news for Christians, post-resurrection, post-book of Acts. The Holy Spirit resides in you. And I don't even know if you need to know this or not, but the Holy Spirit is God. Third person of a triune God. The presence of God is with you everywhere you go. Oh, we're not feeling him. Well, that's on you. I don't know. He's there, isn't he? Yeah, maybe you're not hearing him. Maybe that's your problem. And maybe it has nothing to do with our feelings. Maybe it has more to do with our sitting down, shutting our mouths, and opening our ears, and listening for him, and actually opening this book. I think the key for a lot of people and why they don't feel the presence of the Lord is because they haven't opened this thing in quite a while. When I sit down and when I open up the Word and when I spend time praying with the Lord, He is present. Whether I feel that, whether I get goosebumps or not, whether I speak in tongues or not, He's present at all times. Why are we boxing off God? Like, that's on us. That's not Him not like, well, I will show up. But it seems like you're doing pretty good without me. Or at least you think. You have the presence of the Lord with you. You're not always going to get the goosebumps, though, guys. And if you're waiting on the goosebumps, then your faith is going to be pretty weak. It's going to be weak. There's been many times where I've opened up the Word, and I just even read like maybe one verse, a couple of verses, and, and I just have to back away because it's just so overwhelming. 
so overwhelming. And I pray, and then tears are happening, and that happens sometimes. And that's beautiful, and it's an amazing experience. Then there's other times where I'm reading and reading and reading and reading and praying and praying and praying, and it's like, hello, you in there? Like, is this thing on? Like, what's going on? Do we stop? No, we don't stop. We don't live for feelings. I love the feeling. It's awesome. I don't live for that. My faith is not contingent upon whether I feel the presence of God or not. My faith is predicated on the fact that he is there. Always. Always. He was with them, and they complained about him. Verse 21. But Moses responded to the Lord, there are 600,000 foot soldiers here with me, and yet you say, I will give them meat for a whole month. Even if we butchered all of our flocks and herds, would that satisfy them? Even if we caught all the fish in the sea, would that be enough? Moses, who are you talking to? <laughs> the guy that just split the Red Sea? Like, okay, right, the manna, he's, he's giving you manna for the past two years. Is there anything he can't do? Then the Lord said to Moses, has my arm lost its power? Now you will see whether or not my word comes true. He's like, oh, Moses, buddy, I know you're having a bad day. Like, I know you're having a bad day. But have I changed, Moses? Have have I gotten weak? Am I still the same God? Still the same God. Okay. There's nothing I can't do. There's nothing I can't do. And I get it. Man, I love Moses. Moses is so relatable. I have many Moses-type days where I'm just like, Lord, it's too big. It's too big. You can't, I don't think you could do this, God. He's like, I'm sorry, but have I, have I diminished somehow? No, you're still the same. Yesterday, today, and, and forever. Okay, chill out. But I can't. Well, you need to learn how to. He's got it. Same God. And he's like, Moses, I got it. Don't worry about it. Verse 24, so Moses went out and reported the Lord's words to the people. And he gathered the 70 elders and stationed them around the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to Moses. Then he gave the 70 elders the same spirit that was upon Moses. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. But this never happened again. Oh, wait. Uh, oh, <laughs> right. That's where all of the charismatic friends are like, wait, whoa, here's a, no, wait, it just never happened again. Why didn't it happen again for these guys? I don't know. They didn't need it. This is like a good confirmation for them and for the people watching that the power of God was upon them. Upon them. Prophesied. What does that mean? I can tell you confidently that I don't know. I'm in good company too because most commentators don't know either. Some people say that this could possibly be like a, a speaking in tongues type of thing. I've heard that. I've read that. That's fine. Other ones think it's just uh, not really prophesying in like they became, they didn't become prophets, but they were proclaiming the word of God, which I kind of agree more with that. Seems to make more sense within the story. And so like the spirit came upon them and they began to proclaim the word of God. And it was like, and there's, there's 68 dudes. You said, no, it's 70. No, there's only 68 who showed up. Two other guys didn't show up. Oh, but don't worry. The Lord's got them too, right? So I don't know why they didn't show up, but so these guys are proclaiming, they're, they're proclaiming the word of God. They have evidence that the spirit is upon them, which is confirming to the camp, we can trust these guys. 
The same spirit that was upon Moses is now upon these guys. Verse uh, 26, two men, Eldad and Medad, Eldad and Medad, one of their brothers, had stayed behind in the camp. Why didn't you show up? (laughs) That's my question for these guys. They were listed among the elders, but they... Uh, they had not gone out to the tabernacle, yet the spirit rested upon them as well. So they prophesied there in the camp. A young man ran and reported to Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' assistant since his youth, protested, Moses, my master, make them stop. Right? Well, what are they doing? They're not doing it right like these other guys. They're in the camp. They can't do that over there. Moses, you got to shut it down, man. Shut it down. Like they're getting too wild and crazy. Shut it down. Moses replies, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. Then Moses returns to the camp with the elders of Israel. Good news, Ezekiel 36, you get a new heart. Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 29, his spirit is upon you. I hope, I pray, in, within, upon. Like those are those little prepositions there. We have that. What Moses desperately wanted for all of Israel, we have. We have. Isn't that amazing? Moses is like, oh, Joshua, I wish everybody was full of the Spirit. I wish everybody was prophesying. I do find it interesting that, I mean, he uses that I mean, that specific thing as well. I wish everybody was forth-telling, proclaiming the Word of God. That's like what Moses' heart was. And I think we can learn a lot from that. Like, we can learn a lot from that. As we, we may desire other gifts, and we may put other gifts on pedestals over one another and all that stuff. If you do that, read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14. Kind of explains it all there, right? But we think some gifts are better than others. Right? I think because they draw more attention to ourselves, if we're honest, but well, I digress. Um, but there is a gift of prophecy that is the foretelling, the proclaiming of the word of God that I would agree with Moses. I wish, I wish the whole camp proclaimed the word of God. Everywhere we go, speaking truth, speaking the word of God, that'd be amazing. That's what we need. Here's the fulfillment of the prophecy. Now the Lord sent a wind, that's ruah, that's both the same word for wind and spirit, kind of cool, that brought quail from the sea and let them fall all around the camp for miles in every direction. There were quail flying about three feet above the ground. So the people went out and caught quail all that day and throughout the night, all the next day too. No one gathered less than 50 bushels of quail. That's a lot of bird, okay? Now, I know quails are small. I've eaten quail before. Delicious. It's fine. You've got to eat a lot of those guys, though, right? If you're a big eater, you've got to eat a lot of those guys. But they're like, they're 50 bushels. Like, this is a lot of birds. A lot of birds they are all catching. They spread the quail all around the camp to dry. But while they were gorging themselves to, on the meat, while it was still in their mouths, The anger of the Lord blazed against the people, and he struck them with a severe plague. So that place was called Kibroth Hata'ava. Hata'ava? Yeah, maybe close. I don't know. 
It, well, let's go with the translation. It's graves of gluttony. <laughs> like the graves of gluttony. There you go. Because they there they buried the people who had craved meat from Egypt. From the graves of gluttony, the Israelites traveled to Hazroth, where they stayed for some time. So God's like, oh, you want meat? I'll give you meat. I'll give you more meat than you can handle. Then they all like died of heart disease or something like in the middle of the, like in one day, they like gorge throughout the month and the ones who were complaining, complaining, complaining. And that there probably is a, a, you can make a good assumption that when they got the meat, they were never grateful for the meat. You have no instant, no indication. You have really no indication that much of, you know, them appreciating the manna ever. You also don't have any indication of them appreciating this miraculous swarm of quail that just so happened to show up that provided them meat for all month long. But they got, God provided for them. He didn't have to, but he did. But he did. Chapter 12, short chapter. This is still the complaining thing, okay? We got to get into this. While they were at uh, the next stop, Hazaroth, Miriam and Aaron, wait, that's, no, those are the brother and sister. These are the good guys. They criticized Moses. Why? Because he married a Cushite woman. He married a Cushite woman. Well, what happened to Zipporah? Chances are she died. We don't know. There's different thoughts. Some thoughts say, well, she was a Cushite. Okay? There's, there's, there's a few different views out there about this. There's other thoughts that he married another wife. He took on another wife. And she was a Cushite, which means she's Ethiopian. Which means she's black. And you have Miriam who's like, I don't like that lady. I don't like that lady. And what was her, her issue is not primarily who the lady was and where she came from, but it was a part of the problem. The bigger problem was that she was jealous of her brother. Okay, both her and Aaron were envious of Moses. And I think this is connected to the 70 elders because they weren't picked. They weren't picked. Now, Aaron, you're, you're like high priest. Like, you got a job. And Miriam, I, he said he called out specifically 70 men. So I don't know. I can't dogmatically say that there's a connection there, but it seems like it just flows naturally that all of a sudden they have a problem with Moses' wife. And they're like, she's a Cushite woman. Verse 2, they said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Oh, we're getting to the heart of it. Does God only speak through that guy, that one guy? And you're like, yeah, but not only. Did he not speak through you, Miriam, in a song that you sang when you crossed the Red Sea? Has he not spoken through you, Aaron, as he was using you in Egypt to be a voice for Moses who had a speech impediment? What's, what's the issue, guys? Why are you complaining? He hasn't he spoken to us too, but the Lord heard them. Ah, here he is. He hears. He hears those complaints. Now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. Please know that Moses probably did not write that. Okay? He's like, well, let me add this in here. I'm like, I don't want to brag, but uh, most humble guy on earth. I think Joshua probably wrote that into there. Okay? There's a good chance that somebody else came along and were like, when Moses wasn't looking, they're like, scribble, scribble, or it's this way. Scribble, 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 right? Like, just, they didn't see it. I don't think that Moses wrote that in there. But it doesn't mean it wasn't divinely inspired. 
Moses was a humble dude. So, so immediately the Lord called to Moses, uh, called to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, and he said, go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. That's when you know you're in trouble, right? You're like, he's like, all three of you guys, get outside right now. <laughs> okay, like, oh no. He probably called them by their first, middle, and last names. So the three of them went to the tabernacle. Then the Lord descended in the pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam, he called, and they stepped forward. And the Lord said to them, now listen to what I have to say. This is a big deal. Like, I don't know if you can feel the weight of this chapter, but this is a big deal, right? You don't want to be these people in the story. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he is the one I trust. I speak to him face to face, meaning I have a very intimate relationship with Moses. Clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why are you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? <laughs> the Lord's like, excuse me? I know he's your brother, but how dare you criticize my chosen man? He's like, I can have prophets if I want prophets. I could do this thing however I want to do it. But I trust Moses, and I have chosen to speak through Moses. He and I are tight. We spent time together, Mount Sinai, right? Remember, he came down, his face is all glowing? Like, we have that relationship. Who do you think you are to criticize him? Like, that's God, like, getting really serious with these guys for a moment. And that's the other thing. We have to be very cautious on criticizing people, especially the ones that God has called. The Lord was very angry with them, and he departed. Before I read any more of that, it just says their, their criticism, just so we understand this, it was petty, it was false, and it was selfish. Okay? So the cloud goes up and moves away from the tabernacle. There stood Miriam. Her skin was as white as snow from leprosy. And I think that's connected back to the Cushite remark. It's fascinating that that's the judgment that fell upon her. He's like, we don't like her. She's a Cushite. She's dark skin. Oh, and Miriam's like pure white now. Like, I, I think there's some correlation there in that judgment. All right? So very interesting that that's what he chose. And specifically for Miriam, not to Aaron, but to Miriam. When Aaron saw what happened to her, he cried out to Moses, Oh, my master, please don't punish us for the sin we have so foolishly committed. Don't let her be like a stillborn baby already decayed at birth. Now, I don't know if he has concern for his sister or if he's like, I'm next. Like, Moses, do something quick, right? I don't want to be like her. Like, I know I'm guilty. We're both guilty in this thing. But he cries out to Moses. And here's the cool thing. Moses cried out to the Lord. Oh, God, I beg you, please heal her. Dude, he just got drugged through it by his own sister and brother. And in the time in which they needed him the most, he did not turn his back on them. He prayed for his sister. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you guys could talk to God too. Didn't know what you just said? Why don't you ask him? He didn't do that. Because he wasn't going to be petty just like them. 
He cried out to God. But the Lord said to Moses, if her father had done nothing more to then spit in her face, would she be defiled for seven days? Keep her outside of the camp for seven days. After that, she may be accepted back. So Miriam was kept outside the camp for seven days, and the people waited until she was brought back before they traveled again. So the whole camp had to wait for Miriam and her, her little grounding that she got from God before they could move on. Then they left Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. There's three things, little takeaways for you guys. Number one is don't keep company with complainers, okay? Don't keep company with complainers. The second one is don't whine about God's provision or his daily, bird, daily, bird, daily bread. Don't, about his daily quail. <laughs> yeah. You see what I did there, right? It's a, I mean, that's where my mind was. Don't whine about his provision or his daily bread. Okay? Appreciate it. The last thing, the sin of criticism is far more serious than most people realize. The reason why Miriam and Aaron end up in a position where they're at is because they criticize God's anointed one. And look, leaders have to be subject to criticism. That doesn't mean that, you know, if, if, if you're a leader or if, you know, if there's something that like you don't agree with that I'm doing, it doesn't mean that you can't come to me and express that. All right. I mean, that's just, that's part of the deal. But if you're not willing to go to the person and all you're doing is going behind that person's back and talking junk about them behind their back and criticizing them and whining and complaining and all that stuff, you, that is sin. Please hear me out. That is sin. So I don't want you to think that pastors are untouchable and that you can't bring, you know, but you got to, we have to be cautious in how we do this stuff. Because, you know what, pastors, like Moses, they carry a heavy burden, a heavy burden. And if it's just criticism, 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 Lord, take me out. Like, I'm not, find somebody else. Find somebody else. So we got to be cautious about that. If, if we have ideas, if we have suggestions, if we have concerns, if you address that, you bring that, that's totally fine. But if it's always critique, critique, criticism, 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 you are not, you are not respecting whoever that person may be. You're just not. And I don't think you're respecting God, to be quite honest with you. So we need to be cautious about that. That does not mean that we like, it's weird for me to say this because I'm a pastor right? But it doesn't mean that we, like, if you see something that you don't say something, but sometimes they're just like, we, we just, just, you just got to get over it. You just get over it. Like, really? What, what hill do you want to die on today? Yeah. Right? Like, come on. We're, we're, we're about the kingdom here. And we're trying to like, let's go save souls for the kingdom. And if, we just, just got to be cautious. That's a good lesson for us to learn from, from Miriam and from Aaron. And that, don't think that that doesn't apply to me. Because it does apply to me. I have to be cautious about that as well. The heart of Miriam's sin, I think, in this story is she tried to bring down a leader of God's people with, again, petty, false, and self-interested criticism. And that's dangerous. That is dangerous. If Moses was a bad dude, then okay, Moses is a bad dude. But he wasn't a bad guy. You've 
have been listening to Bread for the Broken, a radio broadcast ministry of Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas. Pastor James Grizzle has been teaching through the Book of Numbers. This is one of many messages found at breadforthebroken.com, so if you missed a portion of it today, we hope that you'll take the time to listen to it in its entirety. The website again is breadforthebroken.com. We understand that your minutes are precious to you, and you have other obligations to fulfill. So why not listen on the go through our Facebook live stream? Or better yet, if you're in Galveston, Texas, on business or vacation, why don't you stop in to see what we're all about? If you enjoy a laid-back feel, then this is the place for you. Come worship Jesus while spending time with other believers at one of our two services, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. We'd love to meet you and encourage you in your walk with Christ. Do you ever feel like you want to be a part of something bigger, but you're unsure of how or what that is? Here at Bread for the Broken, we want to help everyone find hope and new life in Jesus Christ. So we're curious if you'd team up with us to reach as many as possible. On our website, breadforthebroken.com, there's a place for you to donate to this ministry. We simply ask that you pray about it and follow the Lord's leading, whatever that might be. Thanks again for spending part of your day with us today. Tune in again next time to spend time in God's Word with Pastor James Grizzle here on Bread for the Broken.